We're in a series on Sunday mornings entitled Home for Christmas, a different and unique family series. And I've talked about, if I could give you one gift this Christmas for your home, I'd want to give you a healthy, happy, and a holy home. And over the last couple of weeks, I've given you a gift each Sunday. The first Sunday, I gave you a gift, and it was a unified home. How can we have peace and unity in our home? And then last Sunday, I gave you a gift. It was a godly home, how to follow God's plan and purpose for the home, to know what His intentions for our home are, and to make sure that God is the center, that Christ is the center of everything that we do in our home. Today, I have another gift that I want to give to you, and this is a gift just like these other gifts that's enough for everybody in here. There's enough for everyone. Everybody can receive this gift. Believe it or not, this box is enough for everyone. Today, I want to give you this gift, a wise home. What does it mean to have a wise home? Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 1 to 9 teaches us what it means to, to experience God's wisdom and direction for the home. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is a keystone passage in all the Bible. God is reiterating the Ten Commandments. He's, he's basically summarizing and emphasizing what he said. Now, you've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, and Deuteronomy is a reinforcement of everything that God has said up to this point. And Jesus in the New Testament reminds the disciples and tells this lawyer, what's the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, we'll read verses 1 to 9, and we'll see what the Bible has to say to us about how we can have a wise home. Begin reading with me in verse 1. You ready for the word? Amen. Amen. Verse 1. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land which you're going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God. You and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and commandments which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them that it may go well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today will be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What a powerful passage of scripture. Remember, church, the power is in the Word of God. And I'll tell you one thing. I mentioned this last week. When you take that bundle of joy home from the hospital, especially if it's your first time, and you look at this little baby and you begin to think and to wonder, you begin to ask yourself this question, what in the world have I done? You begin to try to figure out how am I supposed to raise this, this new life, this, this little boy or this little girl. They don't give you a manual at the hospital. You don't get a, a little pamphlet that says seven steps to raising perfect children. If you've got one of those, I need one. Will you share with me, please? There's all kinds of questions. And parents, there's no doubt today that as you look back over the course of your parenting time, or maybe many of you are looking forward to the day when you'll be a parent, you know that you're going to mess up and to stumble and to fall flat on your face from time to time. All of us have been there. 
You see, we do things like this. We didn't like it when we went to our mom or dad and say, can I go to this party? No, you can't go to that party. But everybody's going. And our parents would look at us and say, well, if everybody was jumping off a cliff, would you do that too? And you want to say, with parents like this, I probably would, right? Is that what you want to say? No, 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 no. You never wanted to say that, right? If everybody was doing it, would you do it too? You just say, no, I get it. I understand, you know. And so now as parents, guess what? We do the very same thing, right? Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean that you need to do it. In fact, you need to be an example. If everybody's doing it, don't do it. Here's another one. My favorite answer when when I was growing up. Uh, Can I go do this? Or can I go to a friend's house? Can I have that? No, you cannot. Why? Because I said so. And my mom and dad would bring out the because I said so for absolutely no good reason other than they said so. Okay? You know, can I go feed hungry children in Africa? No. Why? Because I said so. I mean, it was just, I mean, and, and we've, we've done that before too. You need to recognize authority in the home. Hey, I'm going to be the first to admit, I need a lot of wisdom in raising children. I, I desperately need the wisdom that God offers, that God provides. Now, the Bible tells us, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. That's a proverb. You need to be very careful because sometimes we'll take those Proverbs and we'll say, well, if I do everything right as a parent, my children will turn out perfect. Well, first of all, there's no such thing as a perfect child because there's no such thing as a perfect parent. You'll never do everything right. But let me give you some encouragement this morning. I want to encourage you that children want to follow an example of a godly mom and a godly dad. They want to follow that example. And so they need to see you living out your faith faithfully in front of them. So I can't make any guarantees. You know, I can't say if you do X, then they'll do Y and everything will turn out right. There's no formula to raising kids. I took calculus in college and made an A in the University of Georgia. You should be very impressed by that. I can't even tell you the quadratic equation today. But I realized as all my math studies, there's no formula to raising perfect kids. There's no such thing. But here's what I want you to know. If you live faithfully an example of a Christ-filled, God-centered husband, wife, mom, and dad, chances are you'll see kids that follow in those footsteps. But I can make you another promise. If your children in your home see a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do mentality, If they see you on Sundays acting the part and putting on the show and dressing up real nice and having the Christian face and they see that you're ripping each other's heads off in the car but then once you arrive, everybody pops out with a big church smile. If they see that, then chances are they'll learn early on what it means to be a hypocrite and they'll go the other direction. See, I can't make any guarantees or promises. I know there's some kids that grown up in a a really difficult home and they end up because of God's grace, to follow the Lord and to trust Him. There's some that grow up in good homes and for whatever reason go astray. But here's what I want to say today. I want the wisdom of God in raising and rearing my children. I desperately need it. If there's any area of my life where I feel woefully lacking and inadequate, it's being a dad. I mean... And God's blessed us over and over again with five children. One turns eight today, so we've got nine, eight, six, 
four and one. And we are so incredibly blessed. But there are moments and times when I look at Stephanie or she looks at me when all the kids are in bed and everything's quiet and we say, praise Jesus. And then we think, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I need wisdom to lead this family and to raise these children. We, we come to the Word of God, and here's a keystone passage for raising kids. Number one, training your children to be godly is a command. Write it down. Mom and dad, this is not an option. What does the Bible say in verse 1? Now, this is the commandment, statutes, rules, three different words that mean three different things in the Hebrew, but all of it comes together to say this is a big deal. God is saying something to us that's significant, that's important. This is important. It's not an option. It's not up for debate. It's not up for a committee vote. It is a command of the Lord. My job as a dad, your job as a parent, maybe a future parent, your job is to train your children to be godly. You see, some of you are here today and you say, I don't have kids. I'm not even married yet. Take notes and file this away. You will need this one day, I promise. Training your children to be godly is a command. What does it say? This is the commandments, the statutes, the rules. Verse 2, the Lord God commanded me to teach you. Also, verse 2 again, which I command you all the days of your life. Verse 6, it's a command. Once again, I command you this day. Over and over again, you see it in the text of Scripture. It is a command that you train your children to be godly. I want to see not just my children follow Jesus, but my children's children. I want to see multi-generational faithfulness from this line of our family. That's my desperate desire. I need wisdom. And you need wisdom. We all need the wisdom of the Lord. Someone said this, parents teach in the toughest school in the world. The school for making people. You're the board of education, the principal, the classroom teacher, and the janitor. You're expected to be experts on all subjects of parenting to life and living. There are a few schools to train you for your job, and there's no general agreement on the curriculum. You have to make it up yourself. Your school has no holidays, no vacations, no unions, no automatic promotions or pay raises. You're on duty, at least on call, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, for at least 18 years, and sometimes well beyond. Can I get a witness? Besides that... You have to contend with an administration that has two leaders or two bosses, whichever the case may be. And you know the traps of an organization that has two bosses. Within that context, you carry on the duty of people-making. Someone says, I regard this as the hardest, most complicated, anxiety-ridden, sweat-and-blood-producing job in the world. And to that I would say, amen. But what's the purpose? Deuteronomy 6 tells us the purpose here. That you may fear the Lord your God, you, your son, and your son's son. Do you see multi-generational faithfulness? Three generations mentioned right here in Deuteronomy 6. So the problem is in our country today, we're moving away from the things of God. To, to our forefathers, Christianity was an experience. It was real. To our fathers, Christianity was an inheritance. To us, Christianity has become a convenience, and to our children, it's going to become a nuisance. We have to pass along a legacy of godliness and faithfulness. God gives a command, but he also offers a blessing. Anytime God gives a command, he offers a blessing as well. So, first of all, training your children to be godly is a command. Number two, training your children is motivated by love. Motivated by love. 
A Sunday school teacher asked his class one day, why do you love God? He got all kinds of answers. I love God because he lives in heaven. I love God because he made the world. I love God because he gave me my puppy. I love God because he gives me presents at Christmas. All sorts of answers. But the answer he loved the most, the little boy sitting in the back real quiet. Why do you love God? The little boy spoke up and said, I guess it just runs in my family. Wow. What an incredible compliment. I want to teach my kids to love God. Maybe one day my kids will grow up and say, Dad, he wasn't that great of a ball player. He wasn't that great of a preacher. He wasn't that great of a builder. He wasn't that great of a mechanic. All I know is he just loved God. You know what? That's okay. I want my kids to love the same Jesus that I love. I want them to grow up to follow him faithfully and to serve him consistently. Training your children is motivated by love. Now that's hard as a parent because sometimes correction and discipline is not motivated by love. It's motivated by anger or frustration or bitterness or a temper. And so we have to remember the motivation for our children to follow in the footsteps of Jesus is that God loves us and we ought to love the Lord as well. Training is motivated by a love for God and a love for others. One of the greatest motivations in my life to follow Jesus came from a mom and dad who loved Jesus. And they were not perfect. They made their mistakes just like we all make. But in the end, I knew that they loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want my kids to be able to say one day, no matter what my dad did wrong, there's one thing he did right. He taught me to love Jesus. Training your children to be godly is a command. Secondly, it's motivated by love. And third, training your children is only successful with consistency. Oh, you might just want to circle that word or write it outside in the margin of your Bible. Consistency. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. You see, I don't know how you can raise a family and say you're centered upon upon the Word of God and, and you're faithful to the Lord God when your family chooses not to be faithful to the local church. Your children are hearing an inconsistent message. I don't know how you can say I'm raising a family and I want them to love the Lord. I want them to follow Jesus. If you're not loving the Lord and following Jesus and teaching them what that means from the Bible. We have a generation of children growing up in homes where moms and dads say Jesus is important, but they'll never open the Word of God and read it to their kids. God, help us. If you want your children to love Jesus, you're going to have to show them what it looks like and what it means. And you can't show them one time and hope it sticks. Your children watch what you do more than they listen to what you say. They hear what you say, but your actions speak so loudly, they drown what you say out. They're watching you. You know your kids are watching Years ago, I can remember, I can remember when Jake was just a little boy. He was probably two or three years old. He came to me one day and he says, Daddy, I can tell when you're angry. And I said, oh my goodness. 
What's this little two or three year old boy going to say? He said, Daddy, I can tell you when you're angry. And I said, Jake, how do you know when I'm angry? He said, when you're angry, you go, grrr, like that. He saw my actions. You'd be amazed. Kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. They pick up a whole lot more than you would imagine. They are watching you. Not just what you say, but what you do. And the only way to raise children that are godly is to be consistent and faithful. Look at here now. Every aspect of your being, verses 6 to 9, your heart, your mind, your, your mouth, your hands, your eyes, the doorpost of your home, every aspect of your being, verses 6 to 9. Every minute of the day, verse 7, look what it says. When you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you rise up, can you think of a moment in the day when you're not doing one of those things? Sit, lie down, rise up, walking. That's every moment of the day, every aspect of your being, every minute of the day, and everything that you do, verses 7 and 9. What does it say? When you talk, when you walk, when you're... I mean, it's, it's not just, hey, now's our Bible time. Every moment of the day is Bible time, leading by an example, showing them what it means to follow the Lord Jesus consistently about your daily life. So everything that you are, for every moment of the day, every aspect of your being, every minute of the day, everything that you do, when you walk, when you lie down, when you rise, you're going to share. But the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to lead them by example. This is what it looks like to have a wise home. The Bible says here, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, as frontlets between your eyes. Write them on the doorpost of your house and your gates. You know, Jewish families today, Orthodox Jewish families today will take a Tiny scroll of Deuteronomy 6. They call it the Shema in Hebrew. Shema is the Hebrew word for hear, listen. It's the first word there in Deuteronomy 6. They call it the Shema. They'll take a tiny scroll and they'll fold it up. They have a box, sometimes about this big, maybe sometimes a little bigger. And they'll take the Shema with the box and they will nail that box to the doorpost of their home. They take this commandment so literally They'll nail it to the doorpost of their home because they want to hear the Lord is one and we must love the Lord. You know, they take the commandment literally, but we don't even take it seriously. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. You know, one psychologist and author says, a children's spiritual direction begins to be set as early as age five. Because they see the direction that you're going. And they hear what you're saying. This is why it's so important. You should teach your children, but you must also train your children. And those are two very different things. I can teach my kids. One of our boys is learning Psalm 103 right now. Another one's learning Luke chapter 4. We've been working all year to try to memorize the book of James in our family worship time. And I can teach them all this information. And we believe the word of God will not return void. We believe that. But I can fill their heads with all kinds of knowledge and teach them information. But that doesn't necessarily lead to transformation. The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. Training is different than teaching. Teaching can be done in a classroom setting where there's a lecturer and a student. Training has to be done in real life. I need to show my kids not just what it means to know the Word, but what does it look like to live it out faithfully 
and consistently. I need to show them. They need to know that their daddy reads his Bible and prays every single day. They need to know that we get together as a family and we do family worship together. They need to know that daddy's going to encourage them to read their Bible and pray every single day. They need to know what it looks like to live this life, not just in the context of the church, but in the home as well. See, I don't know about you. I need wisdom. Every single day, I need God's wisdom. Because God has entrusted to us an incredibly special gift. A sacred stewardship of five lives, five souls that will spend eternity somewhere. And I want to raise a generation that sees a mom and a dad that love Jesus and want to follow in those footsteps.